Hello, welcome to Evergreen History. I'm Jackie. And today we're gonna go back to a little dark topic, but on the plus side, the murder was solved with really great police work. Tucked away in the foothills of the Olympic Mountains, the captivating waters of Lake Crescent have inspired many tales. While many of these tales turn out to be untrue, one grisly story is not fictitious, and that is the story of Hallie Latham Illingworth, popularized as the Lady of the Lake. For many years, she was considered a missing person until her body finally emerged from the brilliant translucent turquoise lake. First, a little bit about the lake itself. Lake Crescent is located in between Port Angeles and Forks. With a low population in the region, it remains fairly isolated, but it's also a popular destination for nature enthusiasts, as well as passing logging trucks. Its depth is contested, with rumors that it's bottomless or too deep to measure, but it's officially listed as 624 feet deep. It has an amazing clarity, with an average of 72 feet. The frigid lake is fed by mountain runoff waters. Hallie Latham was born January 8, 1901, in Greenville, Kentucky. Her first marriage was at the age of 18 to Floyd Spraker, age 26, in South Dakota. That marriage ended some years later, and she married a younger husband, Donald Strickland, in 1932. She was 26, and he was 24. Yet again, her marriage dissolved, and she went west to start over. She eventually found herself in Washington working as a waitress at the Lake Crescent Tavern. That building is still around and is still used today. You can actually go stay there. However, today it's called the Lake Crescent Lodge. It was here that she met her next husband, Montgomery Monty Illingworth. He was a beer truck driver, and their relationship, according to basically everyone, was very turbulent. By many accounts, they were both alcoholics. There had been domestic violence calls to their home, and co-workers recalled Hallie coming to work with bruises and black eyes. Even Hallie herself was sometimes the instigator of the drama, starting up bar fights, especially in a jealous rage at other women who gave attention to her husband. Monty was reportedly a ladies' man, and it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone if he had been cheating. Around the holiday season was when Hallie vanished. She didn't show up for her shift on December 23rd. The last time anyone reported seeing her was at a party on the night before. An article from the Seattle Times quoted her friends as saying, We all thought she went to Bremerton. We never suspected anything was wrong. Her husband's explanation was that she ran away with another man, specifically with a sailor to Alaska, according to author Lynn Bragg, and he filed for divorce on the grounds of desertion. Unfortunately, her disappearance wasn't investigated as much at the time, even when her family didn't hear from her. Who knows what the reason is, possibly because she had already been divorced and moved around so much that officials believed that running off was a plausible explanation, and people were harder to trace before the digital era. Monty soon moved to California with a woman he met in Port Angeles, 
a woman that he was purportedly seen with before Hallie even left without a trace. She was said to be the daughter of a wealthy timber tycoon. The case lay cold for several years. A huge shock to the community was on July 6, 1940, when two fishermen were out on Lake Crescent in a rowboat. Seeing a large floating object, they went nearer to see what it was. They came upon a floating bundle of blankets, which upon further inspection had a body wrapped inside. They first contacted Fred Eimanroth, the superintendent of a fish hatchery. Eimanroth then reported to Sheriff Charles W. Kemp, as well as the prosecuting attorney at the time, who was Ralph Smith. It was a lucky break to find a body. Even with known deaths and drownings at the lake, bodies were rarely recovered. At first, the identity wasn't known. Hallie hadn't even been reported as deceased yet. All the investigators knew was it was a woman in her 30s with red hair who would have been around 5'6 and 150 pounds at the time of her death. It was clear that it was a murder victim by strangulation, with bruising around the neck and evidence of chest hemorrhaging. The blankets were wrapped in cord, and the torn ends suggested that it had been weighed down initially, and the worn rope broke away, allowing the body to resurface. Author Mavis Amundsen states that the body was hogtied. Only some of the flesh had been exposed and was gone, which were the upper parts of her face and lip, as well as her fingertips, so there was no chance at obtaining fingerprints. The strangest part of revealing the body at the morgue was that the body had not decayed or even bloated like a usual submerged corpse. Her skin was described as having a rubber-like, waxy substance, and like ivory soap that could be scooped, like putty. The simple explanation was that the skin had undergone saponification, a somewhat common process where the flesh is turned into soap by a chemical reaction under precise conditions. In a normal ground burial, it's sometimes referred to as grave wax. This process is more likely to happen with moisture and lack of oxygen, as well as with women as they have a higher body fat content than men. With the speculation and publicity, hundreds of people came to the morgue, but months went by with the body remaining unidentified. Having given up, the body was interred in the county cemetery anonymously. As a last hope, Sheriff Kemp released pictures of her teeth, which had a unique six-tooth bridge to dental publications. Half a year went by, when a dentist in Falkton, South Dakota, spotted his own work in the Dentist Digest. He found his corroborating file on Hallie Spraker and rushed to telegraph the information to Sheriff Kemp. There was no record of a Hallie Spraker in the Olympic Peninsula area. Thankfully, Hallie wasn't a common name, and a prosecutor had a sharp memory. He recalled filing the divorce of Monty Illingworth and his deserting wife, Hallie Latham Illingworth. They traced this Hallie through Culinary Workers Union dues and discovered that Hallie Latham hadn't been heard from since she was last seen at that December party. Authorities were able to locate Hallie's sister, Louise Bailey, living in Vancouver. 
However, Monty's location was yet unknown, just that he was in California. Police spread the information and Monty was located living in Long Beach, California. On October 25, 1941, the Long Beach Chief of Police telegraphed information about Monty and his current whereabouts. Monty was arrested, but he adamantly denied any wrongdoing. Police needed more proof to charge him. At last, a key piece of information was reported. Harry Brooks, who worked around Lake Crescent, said that Monty borrowed a piece of rope from him to pull a truck down the road, but never returned it. Brooks still had another piece of the same rope and was able to give it to police. Lab tests asserted that it was a certain kind of rope that was only sold at Sears Roebuck and that the same rope was used to tie around the blankets. The governor of California approved the extradition of Monty on November 3, 1941. Trial was not set until February 23, 1942. With its unusual details, the trial was highly publicized in newspapers and members of the public convened at the courthouse for any news. The case was held in Clallam County Superior Court with Judge H.G. Sutton presiding and it lasted nine days. The aforementioned rope was solid evidence of Monty's involvement. While the defense tried to simply prove that the body wasn't Hallie's, the unmistakable dental work as well as friends identifying Hallie's clothing convinced the jury otherwise. Monty was found guilty of murder in the second degree after four hours of deliberation. He had a relatively light sentence, probably because it was seen as a heat-of-the-moment crime rather than a premeditated murder. Monty only served nine years of his sentence after being paroled in 1951. He later moved back to California. While no one truly knows the events leading to Hallie's death, Hollis Foltz, who was a criminologist investigating aspects of the case, hypothesized that after a heated argument turned fatal, Monty bundled his wife's dead body and attached weights, he rode out considerably far onto Lake Crescent, as the water has so much visible depth, and dropped the body. Hallie's body had been exhumed numerous times for investigations and the trial. Finally, she was taken one last time from the Clallam County Cemetery and interred at Park Hill Cemetery, so she could be closer to her sister in Vancouver. There definitely are some other curious cases that happened at Lake Crescent, so if you want to, you can research those yourself. And murders aside, I do highly suggest visiting Lake Crescent. It is truly a beautiful lake. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Evergreen History. You can email us at evergreenhistorypodcast at gmail.com. 